This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright. And I'm your other host, Adam Scalina. How are you doing, Corey? I'm great, Adam. Yourself? I'm doing well. I understand we have Rod McKay on the program today. We do. We're almost June 1st here. We're going to date stamp this. We're in the midst of a very unforeseen territory when it comes to the, the overall lending world. We have interest rates rising. We've got inflation going up. We've got real estate on the commercial side that still seems to be white hot. Yep. People seem are fine to pay more than asking price still. Have Rod on today. We're going to go through all the different asset classes. We're going to talk about what's happened. What are the key stories? But more so, what does the next six months look like? Right. And if I understand correctly, you didn't invite Matt and I on account that we wouldn't be able to talk to it. Well, it wasn't that we <laughs> we didn't want to have you because you wouldn't be able to talk to it. It's it's just awkward making my boss look silly. So I thought it would just be best <laughs> that I'll just take this one today. Well, no better person than, than Rod to join you today. And I'm sure you guys cover everything. But Corey, before we get to our conversation with Rod, tons of great feedback on the Ghost Kitchens episode. You know what? It's funny because... Everyone orders from the apps, but some people don't understand what goes behind that food order before it shows up your door. Right. So, you know, breaking down what a ghost kitchen is, how that food gets produced, where it gets produced, and how it ends up at your front door. It's a completely different marketplace out there. And obviously, it's growing and it's exploding. Right. Lots of good feedback. Speaking of food, you're not eating anything because every time I come in here, you just get more ripped and more ripped and more ripped. Come off it. Come off it. You know what I'm doing is I uh, I hired a young guy at the gym that Matt and I go to. Yeah. And uh, he does these like, you know, these programs for people. Okay. So I, I said, yeah, sure, I'll do it or whatever. So, I, you know, he's relatively affordable. So, so he said, I'll so, put a program together for you. you. You just have to do it. So let me get this straight here. So I come in today. You yeah. literally looks like you've walked by the window at Harry Rose and snapped your fingers. And said, I'll take that outfit. Yeah. And you look like a walking mannequin. And you have a personal trainer here. What? Are you doing right that I'm doing wrong? No, so far, I'm, I've broken a Peloton this, this, this year. <laughs> my clothes don't fit. And my shirt I'm wearing right now was red at one point, And now it's faded salmon color pink at this point. What am I doing wrong? No, but here's the thing. So I this is the best, though. I was telling Matt this the other day. So the guy says to me, we've got this text thread going back and forth. And he says, before we get started, send me a photo of you shirtless front of your <laughs> front of your body, side profile. <laughs> And back. And I'm like, I've never done this before. Well, he's going to auction them off after. That's why. Well, here's, here's the thing. I was like, should I control the lighting? What's the best <laughs> backdrop? I felt like I was sending a nude. Like it was like, a, it was the weirdest. And then I saw, so of course, I get my wife to take them. And she's like, who are these for? What are you doing? What are you? And I was like, just. Just take the photos, take the photos. It's, it's boudoir. It's, anyway, so I'm, I'm a little bit anxious, but uh, it's well, out there. You it's look out great. There. I can no longer run for politics. Well, I'm jealous. You look great. Oh, come off it. Uh, anyways, you're too kind. But uh, quickly, before we get to it, though, I mean, you, you always say this. And anyone that I know that listens to the program, they're like, I thought you, you were in shape. I thought you got better. So you're building me up. 
yeah. only be ripped down in my community. Well, I thought I thought it was fair because when I used to come on your <laughs> show years ago, you always did comment on what I dressed. And I and I ran into I ran into a listener one time and he made a comment about, oh, Adam always said you're such good dressed. Is it your day off today? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Setting each other up. Well, let's cut to this conversation with Rob McKay. This is a great one. Sounds good, guys. Enjoy. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial. John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright. And sitting in today for Adam or Matt, we have Roderick McKay from our Vancouver office here today. Rod, how you doing? Doing fantastic, Corey. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're, this is the uh, this is the broadcast. Broadcast 2.0. Broadcast 2.0. I've got one question because it was pretty late notice that you asked me to come on. Yeah. Was I like the fourth alternate? How many names did you have to go through well, to get to Rod? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So I think we've got about a team of 40 brokers around the province. You were 37 or 38 on the list. Well, you know, happy to be in the top 90%. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the only two people behind you were unlicensed and they were just working towards it. So, you know, you, you weren't exactly last on the list. How's that? I appreciate it. That's good. Well, Rod's here today because we're hitting the month of June here. We're hitting our six month period. A lot has happened this year coming off of a record setting year last year. We've headed into 2022 literally on fire. We've got interest rates that are rising. We've got inflation. We've got multiple offers. We've got property selling way over asking price. We've got Rod to come on today to sum everything up for us. So Rod, in one word, how's 2022 so far? Interesting. That's a good way to put it. So let's, so let's, uh, so let's unpack this here. There's been lots of good publicity, lots of negative publicity. Let's start with the simple things. How is the market right now? Has this inf record inflation and interest rates stumbled or stopped what was happening in 2021? Yeah. So I think, you know, as you were coming into the new year in 2022, January, you're reading the headlines. Everything was seeing inflation, inflation, inflation. How did that affect us? Well, I mean, in some ways it was positive because a lot of people were looking at their money and saying, well, where can I put this in a hard asset like real estate yep. that can appreciate over time and hopefully curb the threat of inflation. So, you know, there are positives and negatives, but uh, wasn't all bad. So let's elaborate a little bit further on that there for the listeners. So when we hit start seeing inflation, arguably your money is devaluing itself sitting there in cash. So if I have $100,000 in the bank, which is not the case, I probably have more like 100 in the bank. Someone had $100,000 in the bank and the inflation rate was 5%, arguably that money is now worth about $95,000 because everything costs 5% more to do it. You're saying a lot of investors, institutional type people, commercial investors, they're looking to get the money into the hard asset. Now, why would someone want to take the cash out of the bank and put it in the hard asset in record high inflation rates? Because when you take the money out and you put it into an asset like real estate, not only do you get a return based on a cap rate, but you also 
value from the appreciation of the asset. And if you look at inflation, you know, the appreciation of real estate year over year is probably doing better than the average inflation rate. So if we look at that, so let's just take 5% inflation as an example. You sell me a great property. You find me a tremendous deal at a four cap rate and you anticipate that property is going to gain equity in the property of say 5%. So I'm, my net gain is about nine. Inflation at five, I'm still 4% ahead of the game is what you're telling me? You're doing a lot better than having it in your checking account. Put it that go. way. There you go. So Rod, let, let's sort of talk about some big stories that happened since 2022. Like obviously interest rates, inflation are probably at the forefront, but what has the market been doing? Is it what asset classes, what areas, what has and hasn't sold so far? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, Personally, I work in uh, out of the Vancouver office at William Wright. Been there four years now. So I do the bulk of my work in Vancouver and the surrounding areas, Burnaby, North Van, Richmond, uh, a little bit of Coquitlam, Surrey, maybe. And I mean, I think it's been talked about a lot, but the industrial asset class is the main asset class that's been outperforming that people are looking at. And the reason is there's just such a lack of supply. We're sitting in the greater Vancouver area at about a 0.4% vacancy rate which means there's very little supply. And it just means that a lot of people get scared by that. But the reality is things are moving. It just means that when things come up, they get swallowed up quickly. So yeah. when they do and you want something, you need to work with a broker that works in that specific area to find you the product that you're looking for so that you can move on it quickly. So Rod, in 2021, we saw just eye-popping prices in industrial. Obviously, COVID stimulated a lot of that. As you noted there, we are landlocked in a lot of the markets where there's just not a lot of land to really draw from. Are we still seeing those multiple offers, over-asking price offers, unconditional offers, 10 guys at the table type deals? Are those still happening in 2022 in the industrial asset class? So the answer is yes and no. What's really been driving the industrial market is the owner-occupiers. So if you look at it from an investment standpoint, what's you know, you're probably seeing fairly low cap rates because you're going to see these businesses that are coming in that are able to afford this based on what the banks are willing to lend to them. Revenue from companies, all that stuff. So, and then just for our listeners as well, we did have John Switzer on probably around a year ago where we talked specifically about owner-occupier units. In that circumstance there, the banks are lending a lot more to the company and the company revenue stream versus the real estate itself. So Rod, if me and Rod show up to buy a property... They're looking like, okay, who's Corey? Who's Rod? Who's your tenant? Versus we show up working for Rodcom. Rodcom's a big international distributions and logistics company. They're looking at the financials of that business when making a lending decision. Are we still seeing as much activity in the owner-occupier market as we did before? Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's simple supply and demand issue. There's not enough supply coming to the market. We're not going to see nearly enough come as what we're looking for. So it's going to keep continuing as far as we can see. Uh, I was reading a report in Nanaimo. They were, they were sort of penciling out industrial land till about 2040. And I think it was somewhere around 2030, they anticipated they'd be out of land that they actually anticipate they need till 2040. So that they're, they're over the next, you know, call it 15 years, they're going to be out of land in five. Exactly. And I think, you know, one of the things that's been talked about a lot in the first six months of this year is Metro Vancouver. So basically the regional governments of Metro Van have narrowly approved the city of Surrey's plan turn roughly 500 acres of rural lands into an industrial park. So this could bring millions of square feet of industrial space to the market. But, you know, you've got to assemble that land. You've got to go through permits. So we're looking at years and years down the road. So, I mean, 2030 could be an optimistic estimate. Now, are you finding the institutional type investors, the ones that are buying the big fulfillment centers and large scale, you know, industrial parks, 
are they still as keen on buying the industrial land, industrial investment side of things as they were a year ago, knowing the cap rates have dropped so much? Yeah, Corey, the answer to that question is yes, they are. Even though cap rates are dropping, there's still a huge amount of interest from these institutional buyers because it's seen as such a safe asset class. And when we look at like the vacancy rates of them, I think Greater Victoria still, if I read correctly, is the lowest industrial vacancy rate at literally almost zero in all of North America. It's 0.2%. They, <laughs> like, they even have the highest lease rates uh, on average in Canada, which is shocking. I unbelievable. Mean, yeah, so they're 0.2%, which is really essentially zero. That's unbelievable. I know our Victoria office there had the West Shore Business Park project. I believe they sold all 33 or 32 strata lots in nine months or something like that at record prices. So they did an exceptional job over there. So we've talked about industrial. Let's maybe move on to office space. How's the office market been? I know a lot of people have been talking about like, you know, are people returning to the office? Is there a hybrid? There's a lot more optimism now in the office sector than there was, say, this time last year. How is that being reflected on the asset acquisition side and the leasing side? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it really depends. Everybody you talk to seems to have a different answer of what happens to office in Vancouver. I mean, we look at the data. Vacancy rates right now are sitting at 5.9%. I think people are like, they think there's so many subleases coming up. There's so many head leases coming up. They just think that nobody's looking for office space. Well, when we look at that 5.9% vacancy rate number, realistically, a healthy balanced market is around 8%. So we're still below that. And I think, you know, pre-pandemic, we're hovering sub 2%, kind of looking similar to what the industrial market's at right now. I remember working with tenants and it was impossible to find them space. So, you know, as much space that's cleared up, sitting around that 6% mark, it's still a pretty healthy market. And, you know, asking net rents are up a percent and a half year over year. And there's an unbelievable amount of construction that's happening in downtown Vancouver right now. There's, I think in greater Vancouver, we've got about 5.6 million square feet under construction. Lots of major downtown projects that are happening right now. There's 540,000 square feet by Oxford Properties Group called The Stack at 1133 Melville. We got Vancouver Center 2 by GWL. Bosa Waterfront, it's going to be like premier strata ownership, and they've also got some leasing options there. Deloitte Summit by West Bank, the Post North Tower by Quadril, and uh, Reliance also has a couple towers that are just starting construction or going to be starting construction very soon on West Pender, totaling over 750,000 square feet. So even though people talk about the office market dying, people working from home, you look at what the developers are doing, and you know they're very very savvy at what they do. If they're building all this square footage and the vacancy rates are still fairly low, then can't be all bad. No, I know. And I think one thing too that we're very fortunate here is one of the largest sectors that's grown during the pandemic has been the tech market. And obviously they've been absorbing and backfilling a lot of square footage in the office market in Vancouver. And I I think when you look at it and I think if you want, you know, went back 20 years, it'd be very obvious at this point, but you look at areas like downtown Vancouver that are, are landlocked, there's only so much land available. As Vancouver's, you know, never was a head office city, still really isn't a head office city, but it's developing towards that in you know more and more every year, that there's only so much space and supply and demand issues are going to kick in. Although the office market has gone through some bumps lately, I really think that market will will you will, will go forward two years from now and we'll look back on this and think nothing of it. 
with I, regards to the, the office market itself. I completely agree. And, uh, you know, we're talking about downtown Vancouver specifically there. But if you look out to the suburbs, you know, there's not all that much office space available. Yeah. I mean, some larger footprints for sure, but it's uh, it's still pretty tight out there. Like like you said, we're landlocked. We got water. We got mountains. We got the border. Uh, we're not, you know, a sprawling geographic location that has enough square footage to keep up with the demand. No, I know. It's just it's just been amazing. So obviously the office market has done well. Now, have you seen a lot of investors enter the office market? Maybe, maybe say in the Fraser Valley or where like say the Langley market or Surrey, where you have more and more office strata coming available. Is there investors and owner occupiers still gobbling up that stuff? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, if we're talking about strata, because if you look at downtown Vancouver, you know, you've got a lot of industrial companies, you've got REITs, you've got these large corporations that are taking up a large amount of square footage and leasing it out. If you're talking about strata ownership, it's a completely different ballgame and there's a lot of demand still. Part of the reason being uh, that there's very good financing options available where even with the raising interest rates, some companies can get very good loan to value ratios based on the performance of their company. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, based on their revenues, the banks are willing to loan to them. So we're still seeing a high demand in the strata market. So now industrial obviously has been talked about. We've covered the office there. Multifamily has been an asset class in BC. Very stable asset class. A lot of large-scale institutional buyers, as well as mom and pops that own that asset class. But also that asset class was probably home to the lowest cap rates. Where's the multifamily market now? And where is it going as you see interest rates continue to rise at the pace they are? You know, when you look at the multifamily asset class, you see some of the largest institutions and some of the smartest, most savvy investors. And, you know, you look at Vancouver, sometimes you'll see sub two, but kind of hovering around the two to maybe close to 3% cap rate mark. And you got to wonder why they're investing in this. Well, I think there's a lot of value add opportunities. And, uh, you know, they must be seeing something in the market that's pretty attractive. Do you think that the multifamily market slows down as interest rates continue to rise? Let's say hypothetically, we're around four and a half, four, seven, five now, give or take. If that interest rate gets into the fives, do those cap rates have to come off where I can't you know, my loan my loan to value ratios are shot at this point where I'm putting down 60% at a 5% interest rate on a two and a half cap rate property. I mean, does that slow the market down or is just the stability of it and, and lack of inventory in that asset class continue to ride that wave? Well, like you said, I mean, there's a lack of inventory, but there's also a lack of inventory for people that are looking for roofs over their heads. So that's, that's not going to stop. And the reality is, sure, you might be losing money in the short term, but you know, as interest rates stabilize and uh, people are looking at long-term solutions, I think it remains fairly steady. It might soften a bit, just like most other classes, but I think it'll remain to be strong in the future. So multifamily market seem, seems to be stabilized-ish. Is there certain pockets or certain areas, Victoria, Kelowna, Poco, is there certain areas do you think that will fare better than others? Obviously, the Vancouver market being probably the lowest cap rates out there. Well, I mean, are we talking about cap rates or... Uh, just just the multifamily industry anywhere. Vancouver obviously being the peak of the market where people are paying the highest price per per door. Do investors get forced to shift to say Abbotsford where they get a little bit higher cap rate to swallow that shrinking loan to value? Yeah, I would say definitely. I mean, shifting out to the suburbs where you are seeing the better cap rates, uh, you know, if they're looking at the returns, I would absolutely agree with that. So we've got multifamily we feel is going to stabilize itself. Development land. Now, development land, you're buying future value, obviously, but there's also very, very little money coming in from development land to service the debt on the property that you're having to buy. 
Is that an asset class that slows down here as interest rates continue to rise? Or does that demand, again, just outweigh lack of supply? Well, I mean, it's hard to say. The developers are obviously weighing a lot of things. You've got the increasing price of land. You've got interest rates. You've got inflation. Big thing for them that's been talked about a lot is rising construction costs. So you think with interest rates rising, especially when they're looking at these projects, you know, one, two, three, four years down the road, potentially more when they're purchasing the land for the interest rates to not have an effect would be surprising. So remains to be seen. Development land, we think, will stabilize itself. Demand is obviously very, very high in that asset class. We've seen you know, a huge uptick in interest in a lot of these secondary and tertiary markets like Kelowna and Kamloops and Victoria and Nanaimo that we've talked a lot about on the show here. Do those markets gain more momentum as you know interest rates rise where people can get a little bit more bang for their buck going into some of these secondary and tertiary markets? Or does the high interest rate scare people off? No, I think absolutely they're going to be looking to the secondary and tertiary markets. And the reality is it's been happening for a while. If you look at Victoria, I mean, you know, five years ago, there probably weren't too many major players that were looking at the city. But fast forward to today, you've got a lot of developers from Vancouver, you know, Calgary, Toronto, even the U.S. They're looking at markets like that. And, you know, that trickles down to markets like Kelowna, Nanaimo. So we've talked about development land. We've talked about that stuff. Other asset classes that are out there that we haven't talked about, which probably, arguably, probably was hurt the worst during the pandemic, I would think, would be the retail sector. Arguably, probably has the best value attached to it right now. What happened to retail? Where is it at now? Where is it going in 2022? Yeah, so I think at the start of the pandemic, it was a bit of chaos. These small businesses obviously got put through a lot. We didn't really know what was happening. Unfortunately, we saw a lot of small businesses close. But, you know, fast forward to today, there's a lot of optimism. You know, the streets are filling up. If you look at shopping centers, they're full. Restaurants are doing better. Uh, Mandates have been lifted. Restrictions have been lifted. So there's a lot more optimism. You're starting to see retail sales increase, starting to see spaces fill up. And I think as an investor, you know, there's still a level of risk. You know, what if this happens again? But if I'm a retail investor, compared to the other markets, that's where you're getting the best cap rates. So if you can find a space, especially with, you know, a good long-term tenant, you're still getting a better cap rate than you would say in the industrial or the multifamily markets. Now, do you think, you know, from the retail sector, has that, if you're an investor now, are you putting more onus on your tenant mixes where I'm now looking at if there ever was a forced shutdown in the future, what businesses have done well in the COVID shutdown versus ones that haven't? Like, are investors now having to consider all of that stuff when making these decisions? 100%. I mean, I think it's very important to them because if you're an investor and you're looking at retail, it's one of those asset classes where, let's say you're an investor in industrial, you know, you find a tenant and they sign the papers, they're paying you the next week. There's no inducements. You're not giving them free rent. You're not giving them fixturing period. There's no tenant improvement allowance. With retail, you know, they're going to have to go and apply for permits with the city. They may need to change the use. They need to do a build out to make it specific to the type of space that they're looking to do. If it's a longer term, they're going to be looking for some free rent. And so if you give a tenant all of this and then in six months they go belly up, well, you're out a lot of money as an investor. So it's absolutely critical for these investors in retail spaces to make sure that they have the right tenants in there. So, Rod. In 2022, we've covered off most of the asset classes just with a very baseline level of information of what's happened. 
What are some of the top stories that have come up in 2022 that maybe have some effect on the industry? Yeah. So I think the number one thing that comes to mind is interest rates. I think right now we're sitting at 1% of the overnight rate. Come June 1st, looks like we're going to a percent and a half. So it's risen very quickly and maybe quicker than some of us might have thought. You know, there's no question that's going to have some sort of effect on the industry. So we're just going to wait and see here. In commercial, it takes a little bit longer for data to come out, see how it really affects the market. Whereas in residential, you go get those monthly reports and they come up very quickly because everything's posted on the MLS. Whereas in commercial, a lot of it's done off market. So, you know, we rely on our software to see where these numbers are at, but it takes a little bit longer. So moving forward here, obviously, interest rates and inflation have played havoc so far. And obviously, there's no sort of real ceiling that we can see in the short term there on interest rates and inflation. Where do interest rates go? Is it, you know, hypothetically say thing, could they be six, seven, eight percent? Or do you see think those things will start to crest as I mean, there comes a certain point where people only pay so much for for debt. Really, especially when you're coming off of stuff where people could get debt for houses at probably one and a quarter percent 20 months ago? Well, that's a phenomenal question, Corey, and I appreciate you asking me. So despite what I put on my resume when I applied at William Wright Commercial, I'm not an economist. However, so we're heading towards one and a half percent. I mean, I think, you know, over the next year or two, do we get to two and a half, three potentially? Much higher than that, it's tricky because that's just the overnight rate and what the end consumer, based on their credit worthiness, is paying, ends up being a lot higher than that. So seems like what the Bank of Canada is trying to do with you know hiking these interest rates is to level out inflation. Seems like we've already seen a little bit of that. So hopefully it only goes up by another percent, percent and a half, but time will tell. Um, Rod, you mean obviously the Vancouver marketplace that you've been working in has been quite quite busy there. What, what are you seeing on on the broker side right now? I mean, what asset classes are, you, are your clients working in and, and, and what are they buying? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we always talk about the industrial asset class. I mean, that's, uh, I think, you know, you look at most brokers in the company, most of them have done an industrial deal, even if they're not industrial brokers, just because that seems like where the tenants are, that seems like where the buyers are. But, uh, you know, you're seeing a bit of a mix of everything. Prior to the pandemic, I was doing a lot of office leasing, which I love doing and uh, starting to see a lot more of that, which is good to see, which, you know, showing heightened demand for the office market. You know, William Wright works with uh, a number of groups of investors that are very bullish on retail and they have been throughout the pandemic. So, you know, we're seeing a healthy demand pretty much across the board on the asset classes. So let's fast forward two years from now take out your crystal ball. What happens in 2023? Are we looking back on 2022 and saying people paid too much? Are we looking back on 2022 and saying, wow, people, that was still a really good deal. Do interest rates curb and demand gets high? Yeah. So, I mean, fast forward a couple of years, you know, you'd hope that interest rates are on the way back down. But if you look historically at BC, anybody that's bought real estate in the past 10 years, you know, if they've held on to it for any amount of time, they've done well. So, you know, to think that you're buying at the peak, you know, it's just like they say, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. And it sounds so simple, but it's true. All right, Rod McKay, if, if, if you're buying with Rod's money, what are you buying and where are you buying it? Well, you know, it depends on a couple of different factors, but realistically, it depends on what kind of investment you're looking for. Do you want something that's safe, secure, more or less hands off, or do you want to 
come into something that's maybe a little bit more hands-on that you got to put a little bit more work into, but then the return over the long term could be a bit more. So I think in the first example, you know, you buy some industrial strata, you get a tenant immediately, you get a return. It's not as high as you might get in, say, retail. If you want something slightly riskier where you're going to have to spend more money up front, but probably reap more benefits in the long term, then, you know, maybe look at areas like Victoria Retail. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you that. I still, I still think that the markets in the island and the BC interior there still has quite a runway ahead of them, although there is going through some challenges. And I think one thing you'll find when the uh, the interior markets is every summer, I mean, there is fires and you mean, you, you know, investors have very short term mindsets when it comes to that stuff. So it seems like it continues to play out. But I think there's a great opportunity in the interior markets. And if you look into like the Vancouver Island marketplace, depending on which market and asset class you're going in. Rod, as a final question, you're a sports guy. You're watching the, the Battle of Alberta happen. It's pretty much Connor McDavid versus Calgary at this point. Does Edmonton get past Calgary? And if they do, do they get past, which arguably looks like it could be Colorado and Edmonton goes to the cup final this year? Well, I'm just going to say, I hope they get past Calgary. You know, growing up a Canucks fan, we were always big rivals with Calgary. So I'm rooting for Edmonton, but uh, Colorado's tough. Uh, but I wish them all the best. Well, I think the one thing out there that that's kind of like the trump card and all this is Connor McDavid. And he seems like he when he wants to beat a team, he just turns it on and it's gone. So I think regardless if it's Colorado or whoever they, they get past, if they get past Calgary, you know, people have, have some challenges ahead of them dealing with him. As long as he's healthy, it could be Connor McDavid versus uh, almost anyone in the cup final <laughs> at some point. Rod, before we let you go here, is we do have a six-pack of questions, lighthearted questions we'd like to ask you. I know we asked them to you last time, so some of our listeners can go back and hear what your answers were. I'm going to force you to stick around. You know, I'm not going to give you the option. I'm going to tell you you're going to have to stay. That's okay with you. The six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team, these are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. First question up, we'll got... Easy one here. Favorite vacation spot when you find the time, Rod? Yeah, still going to have to stick with Playa del Carmen. Uh, parents had a place there for quite a few years, so I've been there uh, quite a few times and would love to go back. So hoping to go back there with uh, the girlfriend, Carol, in November or December. Well, that would be, be exciting. A book every listener has to read. Yeah, so this this is a new one that I've read recently. It's it's pretty intense. It's called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. The guy was a Navy SEAL. Uh, he was a part of the Army. I think he was yeah Army Ranger, uh, part of the Air Force, and then he became an ultra marathoner. Complete psychopath, but the book's really about discipline, and it's got a lot of um, good anecdotes and some challenges in there that uh, I found quite interesting. No, you say psychopath is an over-the-top when it comes to dedication and focus. Yeah, th- this guy would run on broken shins like he's he's crazy, but uh, but a very, very entertaining read as well. Is this guy looking for a job? <laughs> I think he's doing pretty well for himself, but... It's Friday night, sun's out, you've just finished dinner, going for a drink, where are you going? Favorite bar or restaurant? Favorite bar or restaurant? Yeah, so we used to live in Kitsilano right by the beach there and uh, always loved going to Nook. 
Very nice. We've actually had Nook a couple times on the show before. Yeah, Nook, and then it was usually local afterward. But uh, <laughs> what are you binge watching on Netflix? I mean, I can't lie. It's always The Office. Uh, girlfriend and I go home and just want to watch something that's, you know, not too complicated. The Office is on repeat. We're probably on about our 10th cycle through the seasons. So you've had too many drinks on the patio at Nook. Someone shoves a karaoke mic in your face. What song are you singing? It's uh, it's always been "I Will Survive" by Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> it always will be too. That's I, I I can't remember lyrics for the life of me. I think I spent uh, some time remembering that. So that's what it is. Good call. Favorite band? Yeah, this is a tough one. I'm kind of all over the place with music. First first band I saw live was the Rolling Stones. I saw them in Vancouver, and then I saw them in Chicago. So just gonna stick with the Rolling Stones. It's a good call. That's a good call. Last question up. A piece of advice you'd give a listener who's looking to make an investment in commercial real estate right now, June 2022, knowing all of the the external and internal uh, challenges in the marketplace right now. Yeah, I'd say surround yourself with a good team. Uh, pick a good broker. Uh, you know, we talk about the guys that uh, impact commercial all the time. So talk about your financing there. Uh, but like I said before, too, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. You know, you'll never look back and kick yourself. You'll uh, just be happy in the long run. So, Rod, for all of our listeners who want to find out more about Rod McKay, what you're up to, William Wright Commercial, where they, where can they find that information? Yeah, you can uh, find my contact on williamwright.ca or you can call me on my cell, 604-763-5510. Or you can reach out to me directly on my email at roderick at williamwright.ca. Excellent, Rod. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, Corey. Appreciate it. All right, take care, Rod. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Our interview today with Rod McKay from William Wright Commercial, breaking down January 1st, uh, you know, May 31st, 2022. Give me the, the key takeaway. Well, I think the one thing too, obviously, with having these inflation rates at record prices or rec- record highs, interest rates on the rise, naturally, you would think that the sales market and commercial would slow down. And you would think the leasing market might slow down because businesses, because the, the higher interest rates don't just affect people buying and selling real estate. They affect right. companies that are coming operating lines of credit and everything, right? So, but we haven't experienced that yet. And I think the two things that we can't control right now is inventory, which is still at, at really, really low numbers as well as there's a ton of money that's been pumped into the economy that's still there that we don't know where it is. And when a good property comes up, you're still seeing five, six, seven offers over asking price. We've had a wow. couple of agents just go through that in Victoria with a property that came out, I'm guessing three and a half, three million. And uh, they, we thought we'd be the only offer on it. And we were one of seven and didn't get it. And we were over asking. Incredible. So the market is still continuing to go, 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 go. Wow. Wow. Fascinating. Well, great conversation with Rod. I'm also uh, quickly going to mention um, one thing. The William Wright Mixer is uh, summer mixer is coming. Oh, the, the client party. The client party. The client party. And yeah. so I get an invite to this yeah. thing immediately revoked. And and I, I know you're saying that it, it went out in air to a lot of people. Yeah. I have a feeling it just went in air to me. Well, Matt was also in the air. Yeah. So un- unfortunately, what happened was, is every Christmas and every summer, we have our client Christmas celebrations, our client summer celebrations to say thanks for all the business. We appreciate the trust. Right. Love connecting, always talking with them. And as we've continued to get larger and larger and larger, we've been very fortunate. The client base has grown. So what happened was, is everyone submitted their, their lists. 
Their lists got in conjunction with a previous list. And you know, we rent out a restaurant that holds a couple hundred people. And I think a couple thousand people got the invite. So wow. we unfortunately had to retract it because we have to limit the parties now to a certain, certain number of guests to do it. And we unfortunately just got to the, not, not unfortunately, fortunately, we've got to the stage now that we're just going to have more parties around these times to make sure we can accommodate everybody. Everybody. It's a, it's a growing pain, but you know, we've, we figured it out. So the retraction wasn't only sent to you, but also Matt got the retraction as right. well. Okay. Well, I'm a little bit upset we didn't make the cut, but that typically means that there's another party that we're going to get well, invited I'll t- to. I'll tell you right now is we retracted your invite before I saw what you're wearing today. Like you look now, like now you could I'm be the coming, CEO. Now I'm back in. I'm back you're in. Ba- you're the CEO now. You're the newly appointed CEO. Put me back in, coach. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great week, guys. And we'll be back next week for some more commercial real estate. Thanks for listening, guys. Subscribe today. 